Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, welcome. I'm putting out a tweet asking if your NFL team just talks and talks and talks and talks. Welcome. Speaking of talking, it's don't at me. I talk for five hours a day. Man, oh man, I got to tell you, my Colts, they're going to get a damn award, a don't at me award, but man. All they do is talk and talk and talk and talk. I think they got low T. I don't even know what low T is. But I know this. We do ads for it on my show from noon to three. Uh, And I think they got low T, man. I mean, every day the Colts go to the frickin' podium. And yesterday it was Darius Leonard. I don't love football. Yeah, I love that 19 mil he was paid. I didn't see him giving that back. <laughs> anyway, welcome. <laughs> it is Don't At Me, Thursday edition, which means bum, ba-dum, bum, ba-dum. we got hammer time. Jason Allen Hammer is going to join us, and you have shown that you love yourself some Jason Allen Hammer. Let's go right to the news of the night last night. Let me ask you a question. I know the answer is no, because that's always the answer, no when it comes to the media, but does the media owe Ben Simmons an apology? You know, Ben Simmons was absolutely ripped to shreds by a bunch of dudes, some who never played, some who are done playing, uh, some who, like me, played but, you know, weren't good enough to keep playing. But anyway, I digress. You know, Ben Simmons did get ripped to shreds. Is he owed an apology by the media? I'm not so sure he isn't. I don't know if you saw the news, but Ben Simmons has to have back surgery. Now, I get it. You know, Stephen A. Smith is the the front man for the Beatles, and he's the guy we all got to pay attention to. I frankly, I don't. uh, But I did on this where everyone's ripping Ben Simmons. You will not see. I'll bet you money. I'll bet you anything you want. You will not see one apology from one media member to Ben Simmons saying, hey, look, we got it wrong. Now, again, I'm not saying uh, that at the time they didn't go with the information that they had, but what I am saying is now that you have this information and you got it wrong, isn't it time to apologize? And if I said anything uh, about Ben Simmons, and I certainly apologize, but I I say this all the time, and by the way, i got to stop wearing blue with a blue background. I mean, it just makes me look like a blimp. But anyway, I digress. Ben Simmons, I apologize. If I, I don't know what I said. I talk for five hours a day. Hell, I don't know half the time, you know, somebody says, well, you said this on the show. And I go, really? Oh, okay. You know, they, they get all mad at me. I don't even know half the time. But if I did, then I certainly apologize. You got to be man enough to realize you were wrong. Ben Simmons having to have surgery, I mean, damn. He shouldn't have played. You know, here's the deal. Will you, will you follow me on this? There's always a backstory. 
I, and I say it to you all the time. There's always a backstory. Now, one of the people that you hear on television knows the backstory 80% of the time. I'll go 75%. Three out of four times, they don't know the backstory. You know, we all just comment, but we don't know the backstory. I always try to find the backstory. I do. Uh, ben Simmons' backstory, he had to have back surgery. Back didn't heal. He's out three to four months. That seems to me to be a serious back injury. So you'll never hear any apologies. But you know what? At the end of the day, I think a lot of people do. I think a lot of people owe Ben Simmons an apology. I do. Uh, Joy Behar of The View is calling for a sex strike. I don't think she'll have any problem. I, I don't. I don't think she'll have any problem. She references sex strikes all around uh, the world, and I'm not going to lie to you. I don't think she'll have any problem not having sex. Uh, a lot of men don't have any problem not having sex, so that's why the sex strike was for women. I've said forever. I've had discussions, not with my daughter, but my ex-wife, my wife, Lee. Uh, you know, women obviously can go have sex anytime they want, so if they hold back, we got a problem, guys. We do. You know, a guy can go out there and he's sniffing around, right? Well, we all know that, hey, takes two to tango, and uh, unless you're the worst human being alive, which I think is a rapist, I think ra rapists are the worst human beings alive. I do. I think they are the absolute worst. Then you're going to have to have a partner. Unless, of course, you want to get carpal tunnel. So Joy Behar saying sex strike. I don't think she's the one to do it. I just don't. I asked my wife about it. I asked the lovely Lee Ross Dockage, and she's like, yeah, I don't care. And I think most people that have paid attention to The View have said, yeah, we don't care. Women have actually won Nobel Peace Prizes, peace prizes for initiating sex strikes, not in the United States, but across the world. Hey, look, I... As you know, I am all for a good rebellion slash strike. I'm all for a protest. I ain't mad about a protest. And this goes back to when I was in sixth grade. I, can't, I think it was eighth grade. Uh, when the entire school of Calumet High School walked out in support of my father when he was the principal. So I'm all in on something like that. But I can't get down with a Joy Behar-led sex strike. You know what I think Joy Behar should do? I think she should keep a count. You know how when you go to a work site, like if something's being built, and none of you work on a work site, so don't at me, but you know when you go to a work site or you go to the DMV or whatever, and they say so many days since, so many days since someone injured on a job, so many days since we had an accident, whatever it is, that's what Joy Behar ought to do. If she really wanted to initiate a sex strike, she would have a big thing behind her. I've never watched The View, so I don't know what's behind her. But I know from clips that Joy Behar is an idiot. So if you're going to be an idiot, go all full idiot. Like, have it right here. Have, like, one. Days since Joy Behar had sex. Two. And then put Whoopi up there. That's, like, got to be a lifetime other than Ted Danson back in the day. Whoopi, no sex. Joy, no sex. I don't even know who else is on the show. But I do remember this. I do remember a friend of mine was getting ready. This is, when the, this is when The View lost me. A friend of mine was getting ready to be on the show. She had been on the show. She goes, yeah, I'm going to be on the show this week. I said, all right. Calls me back. Says, yeah, I'm not going to be on the show. I said, why? She said, Whoopi said she doesn't want any white girls on the show this week. 
Beautiful show, that show. Lovely. Inclusive. Whoopi, put a little thing right here. Pull it down, like one, two, three. Let's have a when's the last time Whoopi had sex poll or Joe Behar had sex poll. <laughs> oh, man. Next time I have sex, I'm going to scream out the name Joy. I'm going to lie, though, say, oh, Joy, not the name Joy, but Joy, baby! What are we doing? Look at that. Man, I think the guy on the left, isn't that the uh, teacher from Fast Times at Ridgemont High? I don't know. But good for Joy Behar. No sex for you, Joy. No sex for you! This is interesting, this next one. Now, this passed everybody's uh, eye. Nobody paid attention to this next one. But this has implications, baby. Uh, Wichita State. Wichita State is a school that really, really prides itself on basketball. I mean to tell you, you go to Wichita State basketball games, it is jam-packed. It is cray-cray, as the kids say, packed. Tickets, scout. Season tickets, bought. Team this year, stunk. Greg Marshall was too, he was too hard on the players. He yelled and screamed. So he had to be fired. Now they've got a guy in there that they hired for reasons other than he was the best candidate available. Now they stink. Fine. So what do you got to do? You got to have a scapegoat when you're a school like Wichita State. But this one resonates with everybody in college hoops in college foots, in college sports. Darren Boatwright, the athletic director of Wichita State, was fired after six years because he had not been attentive enough to the NIL needs of the school, meaning he didn't raise enough cash for Wichita State to go buy players. That's exactly what it is. And that's exactly what the release said, except it didn't say it exactly like that. But you know what it exactly meant. Didn't have enough in the coffers to go by players. Forget that he hired a bad basketball coach. Forget that. What he did was he didn't do enough. He did not do enough for the players. We need more money. They got bad players and even the bad players need more money. They got guys transferring. They just had a kid cut his list to six. Kid named Dennis. Well, Wichita State firing their AD resonates with every AD out there. It is a trumpet blast to every AD. Hey, man, get off your backside. And go raise green, baby. Get some bread in the coffers. Telling you, that's the next frontier of firing. You know, you saw the kid Hunter Dickinson, a little entitled, well, a big entitled guy at Michigan. He's mad at Michigan's administration. Now, Michigan and Michigan's administration has a world-class university. But Hunter Dickinson, a seven-foot center, is mad at the, quote, administration because they're not doing enough 
in the NIL. What an entire, what an entitled little guy. Hunter Dickinson, we're not doing enough. Hey, wait a second. Hey, uh, bruh, I got a world-class university to run here. You're getting a full scholarship. Uh, word on the street is you're getting a million dollars, and you're still sitting here whining. How about you shut up and win a game? Go to class. Get an education. I've had about enough. I have. In our world, Darius Leonard, $19 million linebacker, said, I fell out of love with the game. I couldn't lead like I could last year. And you know what they called it? Brave. Let me tell you what's brave. What's brave is millions of men and women, and necessary, as Jennifer said, millions of men and women every day put aside whatever's going on in their life and they go to work. Mills, cops, teachers, you name it, EMTs, you name it, they do it. Donnie Ross, my brother-in-law, steel worker, iron worker in Detroit, along with all of his union buddies. I mean, that's brave. Brave isn't making $90 million and saying, well, you know, my cat died and then somebody got sick and I just didn't love it anymore. That's low tea. Get some tea in you. Every day, millions of people go to work. They put aside illness. They put aside whatever, financial issues, marital issues, children issues, and they go to work every day for a hell of a lot less than $19 million or a hell of a lot less than what some guy playing basketball at Michigan makes. Every day, Americans do this. That's brave. Every day, the Colts are on a podium going, I, well, I don't know, uh, something happened. Uh, uh, Matt Ryan reminds me of Peyton Manning. Yeah, okay. Talk, talk, talk. I had a sick this, sick that, uh, and I just didn't love it anymore. Yeah, you like cashing the $19 million, didn't you? Hunter Dickinson, I'm the president of Michigan. I got a university to run, pal. Worry about, where do we have enough NIL money for us? Shut up. It just make you crazy. Seriously, it makes you crazy. Darius Leonard. Jeez. It's unbelievable. Every day, the Colts go to the podium, and every day they're in their feelings. Every day, guys with the greatest jobs in the world, every day, the greatest jobs in the world, playing basketball in college, playing linebacker for the Colts, and every day we got to hear from one of these guys, oh, you're not doing enough for me. I salute you, the American worker, people that are getting off their ass and going to work. I got guys building docks over here, man. They're working. I got guys digging, uh, I don't know what the hell you call it, but in everybody's yard in my neighborhood, they're putting new fiber optics in, and these dudes are working, man. They're digging through clay. Hell, half the ground's probably still damn frozen around here, but they're out there busting it. Drives me nuts. 19 million. I don't love it anymore. And some idiot named George Bremer, who's a writer for the Colts, says, oh, he's so brave. Brave my ass. Brave is overcoming those things. On the other side, Aaron Judge is freaking awesome. This is what you're supposed to do when you are a professional athlete 
and you're not a whiner, and you're not all into your feelings every day. Let me set it up for you. Aaron Judge was in Toronto. Aaron Judge hit a bomb. Aaron Judge hit a bomb that was caught by Mike Lanzalotto. All right? He got, the, he got Judge's home run ball. He's a Toronto fan. So Mike decides it's a good idea, and he set it up before the game that he was going to give the ball to this kid, Derek Rodriguez, who was a Yankee fan. He told him before the game, he said, hey, he said, if I get a ball, I'm giving it to you if it's from a Yankee. So what Mike Lanzalato did, he got the home run ball. Judge hit a bomb. Home run ball, it went viral. He gave it to the little Yankee fan, Rodriguez. Now, that's what we're supposed to do. That's what we're supposed to do. So then, to make it even better, when the video went viral, Judge and the Yankees brought both uh, Rodriguez, the kid who got the ball, and Lanziano, the the man who caught it and handed it, brought him in the dugout. And Rodriguez, a little kid, you can see how emotional he is right there. It's freaking awesome. This is what we're supposed to do. This is why when I went to Indiana, I brought a million kids on the court to shoot a free throw. I thought Indiana University's administration was going to go bat blank crazy. I ain't care. Who cares? Got a chance to get out of Assembly Hall. You got a chance to meet Aaron Judge. It's awesome, man. It's the best. That's what we are all supposed to do in this world. When you have opportunity, you're not supposed to be the guy that doesn't acknowledge people. You're not supposed to be the guy that because you're an announcer, you're supposed to act like you're somebody or just because you're a basketball player and little kids are over there. I used to stand, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to brag on myself for a minute because I've always understood this. At Indiana University, you could go out this way and there would be a ton of fans. You go out that way. Or you can go out this back way. I always went out the way of the fans. And I would stand there, even though I was a horse blank player, and if Steve Alford came out the same way, everybody would go to him. I didn't care. Because I was that little kid that got Fergie Jenkins' autograph, Jim Hickman's autograph, Billy Williams' autograph at Calumet High School when the Cubs, to supplement their income, played basketball games against local teams. That's right. And this is freaking awesome. Freaking awesome. It's not about having the team set up a giveaway so that your charity looks good, although that's fine. It's about impromptu moments when you could be doing something else and you decide to do something for. That's what it is. Mm. I love that stuff. I don't kind of love that stuff. I love that stuff. That stuff is the absolute best. It is. Don't at me about it. That is the best. That I don't love. I didn't love football. Shut up. You love cashing the check, big boy. What we need to do in sports, you got to get a low T check up for the Colts. Before every game, we're going to get a low T. We're going to have Dr. Uh, I think his name is Rosenstein. He, he has a low T center and he puts it on our uh, show. So every, before every game, we're going to go around so that everybody isn't in their feelings before they go out and play. Well, everybody has problems, but millions, millions of us, even me. Hey, I show up every day, five hours. It ain't hard. It's the best job in the world. Don't get me wrong. 
Don't sit here and whine about, oh, I don't love it because I don't know. Shut up. All right. NBA last night. The NBA last night, Sixers just don't have enough. And I got to tell you, and look, I know you all love James Harden. I do. I, I know you all love James Harden. And good for you. But I'm watching that game last night. And my tweets were, were like this. If I had to play with James Harden, I might blow my head off. I didn't say that. But I think playing with James Harden would be the most miserable thing that you could possibly do. I think playing with James Harden offensively would be horrendous. Because James Harden holds on to the basketball way too long. The ball dies. He takes bad shots. And only when that bad shot is thwarted does he decide to pass. And he doesn't know how dumb he is. He doesn't. He's making $30 million. He's got all kind of friends. He's got all kind of parties to go to. He don't know. It's not his fault. No one's ever had the stones to coach James, coach James Harden to be a team guy. Everyone's already said, hey, look at his numbers. My God, is it awful to watch James Harden play basketball. And this isn't me being an old guy. I am not an old head when it comes to playing basketball. I'm an old head when it comes to having a head. I got uh, old man dots here. I got old man brown dots here. I don't like it. But the truth of the matter is James Harden, man, uh-uh. It's horrible to watch. Sixers have absolutely no shot of winning a game unless Joel Embiid comes back and decides to, I don't know, channel his inner Kareem or Wilt. Because that freaking James Harden will give you gas, man. That James Harden will make you put back things you never stole. He's so freaking awful. And he's even worse to watch. He's not worse to watch. Playing with him would be worse. Playing him would playing with James Harden would be the a sentence. Like Maxie, Tyrese Maxie is a fun kid to watch. Tyrese Maxie will go to the rim. Tyrese Maxie will do some stuff. He'll give up the basketball, but my God, I'd get rid of James Harden. I'd get rid of him after the last game. I'd say, hey, James, great, man. Go take your salary. Go party. Go do your thing, man. Go be, you know, uh, whatever your thing is. You got the beard. You got the parties. You know, you're a little out of shape. Go, go do that. We'll try to win without you. That's what I'd do. Yeah, I wouldn't, but I sure would want to. Uh, and in the other game, you know, it was a, and I'm not so sure Doncic is any better. I'm not, I know we're all supposed to love Doncic and that is the way the NBA is played, but I got to tell you, Luka Doncic makes my ass tired too. I know he's not supposed to, I know he's my Serbian brother, but I got to tell you watching that dude dribble, 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 and everybody just stands around. I mean, if you think you are going to win a championship playing the way Luka Doncic plays or playing the way James Harden plays, uh, I think you're wrong. And you know what I think is going to happen? I think Luka Doncic, if he isn't already James Harden, he's going to be James Harden, where people finally say, wait a second, dude, at 35 last night, what are you talking about, Dan? Anybody says that to you, they're a dumbass. Don't listen to him. He took 22 shots. Nobody else can get in a rhythm. He was minus 28. Plus minus. He did not help his team. He had seven turnovers. Of his 22 shots, I would estimate, I don't know, seven or eight were just terrible shots. Nobody, and I mean nobody, can get in a rhythm playing with him. He no different than anybody else. And frankly, uh, the Suns become that when Chris Paul over dribbles. They do. Luka Doncic is nothing more than James Harden. I mean, he's younger and I guess he's a little bit less known, so everybody, you know, throws orchids at him, but the way he plays is exhausting, too. It's no different. 
give up the ball, run, get it back, call somebody for a ball screen. Everybody stands in the corner. You ever watch anybody ever watch how the Warriors play? Anybody? They pass and cut. They pat now, they still get their dribbles in. Steph Curry will dribble until it bleeds sometimes. They pass, they cut. They pass, they either cut or they screen. They pass, they either cut to the basket or they go screen away and slip the screen. There's always action there. You know what there isn't with Doncic? You know what there isn't with Harden? Action. There's nothing. Stand in the corner, stand here, stand. If you really want to see great offense by both these teams, they'll interchange on the backside. I love talking to NBA coaches because NBA coaches make it seem as if all this offense is so intricate. If that's intricate with Doncic and Harden, then I got a full head of hair. And I ain't got a full head of hair. No, it's unbelievable. I'm doing a lot of complaining. So let me go on the other side. The kid that I really like, and I think most of us really like, is Devin Booker. Like, how did all these guys, how did Kentucky not win more? I know they've won enough, but how do they not win more? I mean, Tyrese Maxey, I don't even know who the guy was. I knew who he was, but I didn't even think he was, eh. All of a sudden, he's dropping damn near 40 in an NBA playoff game. What? Devin Booker, Jamal Murray were on the same team with a bunch of other guys. What? I mean, I don't know, man. I, I understand at Kentucky, we're all supposed to say, hey, it's the greatest place to go be a pro. It is. But damn, I mean, if you're going to have all these guys, you better win a national championship once in a while. I know you got one, but you better win one once in a while. Every time I turn on the TV, a Kentucky guy's dropping 30 like Devin Booker or 37 like Tyrese Maxey. I mean, my God, or Adebato going in the post and doing some damage. And it's a testament to Kentucky that they've got all these guys, but son of a biscuit maker. Like, I don't know. You got, you got more pros than anybody. Can you get to, I don't know, Final Four? Yeesh. I don't know, but the NBA is fun. But I can't, I, tonight, tonight I, I can't wait to watch. Because I got to tell you, I got tired of all the dribbling. I just went to bed. By the way, uh, my lost streak continues. It does. I'm not going to tell you, but when they were up seven, I'm like, yeah, I'll put a little bit down on... Uh, Dallas, yeah, how'd that work out? Uh, let me tell you, not great. No, 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 not, not great at all. Uh, there are no games tonight, which is interesting. I'm not happy about that. I like NBA games on Thursday nights. Friday night, we're back Miami, Philadelphia. I think maybe Embiid will be back. And then Phoenix and Dallas, so they give the Warriors a couple days off. That's good. Uh, I got a monster for you today. We got hammer time. Go out and retweet our show right now. I need more people watching. We got hammer time. Jason Hammer. Hey, if I am, well, no, wait. If men can get pregnant, as everyone's telling me, does that mean men can have a say in this whole abortion issue? I mean, everybody, <laughs> I can't even believe I'm saying this. If men can get pregnant, 2022, baby, if men can get pregnant, are we allowed to have a say? I don't, look, I ain't getting pregnant. 
That whatever's inside here, it, it isn't conducive to getting pregnant. You know what's inside here from last night? Graham crackers, marshmallows, some dried raisins. I made a great chicken last night, some mozzarella and uh, tomatoes. That's what's in here. Uh, I, did, I did have a little bit of wine last night, sitting by myself. I'd worked in the yard hard. I'd gotten on the Peloton. Knees were hurting. I go, hey, let me give me about a glass of wine. That's what's in here. There ain't a reproductive organ in here. The only thing that's reproductive, as Dylan and Ryan know, is at the end of the show, I'm usually in a sprint to reproduce something that doesn't even remotely look like a baby. It smells a little like a baby, but it ain't a baby. <laughs> Let's get a little political. That's why I love this job. Jason Allen Hammer next. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Panic on next week. I mean, we got to talk about point bets. If she's going to be the ad lady, she must come on the show. But ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it is hammer time. Jason Allen Hammer on Twitter, the best Twitter follower the best Twitter follow you will find all across the board. Uh, 93.1 in Indy, all Indiana bets. He's on. I watched you guys yesterday on some new show on Channel 8 or around Channel 8. I mean, you're like dog doo-doo. You're everywhere, big dog. Thanks for joining. Oh, man, it's my pleasure to be here. Love coming on with you guys. All right, hammer time. Um Supreme Court had a leak. That's unconscionable, is it not, in the world that we live in? Well, I mean, that's that's a tricky question, the way that you word that right there. The world we live in, no. I mean, it seems like it happens all the time. But with the Supreme <laughs> Court, it is a little bit odd. Now, I've heard some people say that leaks never come from the Supreme Court. That's not true. Leaks come from the Supreme Court. Um, I mean, earlier this year, Breyer, his retirement was leaked from the Supreme Court, which was news to Justice Breyer. So it happens, but it's never been anything of this magnitude. It's never been anything that compromises what the justices may be 
trying to do. Because this leak, it was done intentional. We know this. It's done intentional. And it was designed to do one thing, put pressure on the justices that are siding with possibly overturning Roe versus Wade. Because in this political climate, you know what pressure really means. It means having your home address posted. It means people showing up at your house in the middle of the night. It means, you know, your family being threatened and things of that nature. They knew exactly what they were doing here. Uh, is part of it to put pressure on packing the court? That's a big part of it. I think it is. Uh, and keep in mind, this is the one thing right now that can rally the Democrats. This can rally the political left because they've got nothing else to hang their hat on. It wasn't a great uh, primary in the states that had primaries for the Democrats in terms of voter turnout compared to 2018 and even 2020. Voter turnout for the Democrats way down in a lot of the primaries that you've seen right now. Uh, but this is the one thing that they can hang their hat on. Abortion is religion to the political left. They don't want to talk about the economy because they can't. They don't want to talk about border security because they can't. They're not going to get into supply chain. They're not going to get into all this money that we're paying Ukraine to fight a war that we're not involved in. They don't want to talk about all that. But the one thing that they can't wait to talk about is what nine people in Washington, D.C. want women to do. You know, hey, Jason, I've said this and, and, and I've, I've heard and I've, you know, because of this show and because of how I grew up, I'm I'm a bit of a political junkie. I'm not in the weeds political junkie, but I have said when I hear a lot of Republicans and a lot of conservative radio and talk show hosts say, well, you know, the midterms are going to be a bloodbath for liberals. I say, wait a second, man, I, I you're underestimating 81 million votes showing up somewhere. I, I think this is a start of a bigger plan to, I don't know, take back the midterms from the Democratic Party. Am I way off base on that? You're not. I mean, it's the only play that the Democrats have right now. It's the only play to try to switch some of those moderate voters, maybe the women that live in the suburbs, because we're not talking about the folks that are on the right. You know where they're going to vote. You know where the folks on the left are going to vote. Elections are decided by the people who voted for Obama, then Trump, then Biden. It's the same voter, that person that's in the middle, that lives in the suburbs, that may be a teacher, that might be a woman. These are the people that are going to decide the election. Now, the one thing I would clap back on a little bit is we're going to find out how much people are really on board with abortion. Because if this were something that they thought the overwhelming majority of the country would get behind, they would have absolutely no issue at all making this a state's right issue. If so many people, like to the point where you can't even fathom that this is a conversation, love abortion so much, why are they afraid to go to the ballot box, have their representatives fight for them, and show America how they feel about it? Because I got to be honest with you, Coach, I don't think the numbers are as big as they think they are. The voices are loud on Twitter. The voices are loud on people protesting. But I don't think the people that work in restaurants, work in barbershops, salons, hotels, 
uh, those middle of the road voters, I don't think they're all in. And the other thing that's really a question and kind of problematic right now is the messaging. Are they saying they want all abortion, no limits at all? Or are we talking about terms of abortion? Because I think that's a big conversation. I've spoken with a lot of people who have said, okay, I understand the concept of abortion, but I can't get on board with what they tried to do in Virginia, this late term, up until birth, post-birth abortion. I think these are very interesting conversations, and quite frankly, I think they should be done at the state level. Uh, is the lovely Crystal Hammer participating in the Joy Bear-led sex strike? <laughs> no, uh, she, she has not, <laughs> but... Uh, it depends on what I say in the next couple of minutes of whether or not she's embarrassed or not. Uh, Joy Behar calling for a sex strike is like Richard Marks and Cover Me Bad saying we're not going to make music anymore as a protest. Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> I always say her name wrong, and I do it intentionally. Just, uh, you know, I, 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 I said this earlier. I wanted, I want Whoopi over on this side, and I want Joy Bear. Over here, you know how you go to a work site and they say, uh, you know, 10 days without an accident? I want a chart right. for last time Whoopi <laughs> and the last time Joy had some sex. Put your money where your <laughs> mouth is, women. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. So hey, my question uh, for Whoopi and Joy, I just, Coach, my question for those two ladies is, are we doing my body, my choice or not? Because these two lunatics were screaming at people about the vaccine mandates. If you don't want to get the vaccine, then you need to lose your job. You need to not be part of society. You are a pariah if you don't want this vaccine mandate. But yet, when it comes to abortion, it's my body, my choice. So we went from yes to no to yes in the span of about two and a half years here. I'm just looking for a little consistent message on the uh, whole thing here. And this goes for Kamala Harris, too. Kamala Harris and the Biden administration, they literally fired Navy SEALs because they did not want to get an ejection of something into their body. They fired Navy SEALs. And then Kamala Harris goes up there yesterday with that awful cackle of a laugh that she has, starts screaming at people, basically saying, my body, my choice. Well, what is it? You're going to fire Navy SEALs? What about their body and their choice? Yeah, it's interesting. I don't think you're going to get an answer to that. I don't think you're going to get a straight line. You know, I, it'll never align. Let me put it to you that way, right? I mean, I, I always go, it's whichever way the wind blows, baby. Exactly right. Exactly right. And by the way, why are they putting up big fencing around the Supreme Court right now? I was told that fences and walls and things like that don't work. That's why the border oh. was never completed uh, down under Donald Trump's watch. And when Joe Biden took over, border walls don't work. Fencing doesn't work. We're not going to spend billions of dollars on that. That's what I was told. But lo and behold, there's now a bunch of fencing going up around the United States Supreme Court. I wonder why that is. Uh, I got to know is in Bel Air and Beverly Hills, where all of our supposed stars live, Every one of them has a wall around their house. I got in an argument with a good friend of mine. He said, that's not the same thing. I said, okay, it's not the same thing, but they do it anyway. You know what I mean? I'm so with you on that. 
the whole idea that walls and fences don't work, then all of you movie stars, all you folks up there, get rid of your own walls, get rid of your own gates, and then I'll listen to you. Oh, I'm so with you. Uh, Hammer time, I said earlier today, just before you came on, that what's in this belly is last night's chicken, mozzarella, I had some dried cranberries, some marshmallows, and some graham crackers, and a glass of wine. There ain't no reproductive organs in this belly, big boy. So (laughs) let me ask you. If men supposedly can have babies, can men have a voice in this abortion issue? That's a really great question, Coach, because this is something that we've thought about on our afternoon radio show. Because I host an afternoon radio show. My co-host is a dude. My producer is a dude. And when this whole story broke, we were thinking to ourselves, all right, do people want to hear a room full of dudes, a straight sausage fest, talk about abortion? But then, you know, when you sit back and think about it, if you're going to tell me that men can get pregnant, if the pregnant man emoji is something that you're applauding, if you're applauding men competing against women in sports, and if you're going to put tampons and period products in the men's room in major college campuses across this country, I think it's okay for men to have a little bit of this discussion here. Is that wrong? I don't. I mean, I, look, I, I, not me. I don't want to be part of the discussion. I want to watch. But honest to God, the men pregnant emoji. No, I don't know. I I, I don't know. I I I feel like uh, I feel like if that's the route we're taking, the men at least ones those men that can get pregnant. I guess I guess should have a discussion. I'm just playing by the rules. Hell, that man, they I provide. don't know. I'm playing know. by the rules. I know. These are the rules. I didn't make them up, coach. These are the rules. And going back to the fencing, one more thing. The same people who are rooting for Liz Cheney and this January 6th commission, the same people who feel like January 6th is the worst thing that's ever happened, worse than Pearl Harbor, worse than 9-11, are really rooting for people to go into the Supreme Court and raise hell. The same people are. The hypocrisy on this whole thing whether it's the fencing issue, whether it's the doxing, whether it's my body, my choice, the whole thing is loaded with hypocrisy. And you can also tell who's read this statement from the Supreme Court and who hasn't. Because the biggest misconception out there is that abortion would be banned. And that's not true. That's not true at all. As a matter of fact, some states would go completely unchanged. And keep in mind, this is just a draft. It's not anything that's locked into law yet. Things can change, but this would not ban abortion. It would make it at the state level. And again, if everybody loves this so much, get out, lobby, get your friends together, go vote. And worst case scenario, worst case scenario for somebody that's all in on abortion, your state says, you know what, we're not going to have it, or we're going to put limitations on it which is what most states are probably going to do outside of probably Oklahoma and Texas. They'll put a limitation on it. You can travel to another state. And I don't want to hear the argument that, well, what if you're somebody that's poor? You can't afford to travel to another state. If you're that poor that you cannot drive to another state or get a ride to another state and have this procedure done, you sure as hell don't need to be having a kid. The risk reward needs to be a conversation that you think about before you have sex. I'm sorry. If that's a dude thing to say, 
I apologize, but we're covering all grounds here. Well, that's something my wife has said. I mean, I, hey, look, I mean, uh, it's not only a dude thing. It's a reasonable thing to at least have a discussion about. I understand that having a discussion in this day and age, particularly when it's not exactly what the, what the loudest among us want to hear. Uh, let me go back to the leaker. What's going to happen here? How, uh, will a leak be found or will this be Watergate? Will this be one of those deals that 30 years from now, some reporter will knock on a door uh, of the leaker's house and end up, you know, getting a story here. What happens and will they find the leaker? With Biden's justice system, it's up in the air. I know the FBI is involved. Chief Justice John Roberts has reached out and he's got the FBI involved. And listen, if this is like a Lifetime movie here, don't rule out Justice Roberts being the one behind this thing. I don't trust that weasel as far as I can throw that guy. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. He's an Indiana guy. John Roberts is a weasel. John Roberts is a problem for the conservatives. <laughs> he's not a Republican. John Roberts is one of the left. He's one of the good guys. So don't be shocked if this is like a Scooby-Doo episode and you pull off the mask at the end of it. Let's find out who the real leaker <laughs> is. And it's that weasel Roberts. Uh, but with the feds involved, say what you want about the FBI. With the feds involved, this can go a couple of different directions. If they can find somebody who they think is the leaker and that person lies and says, was it me? I don't know what you're talking about. And they prove that it was. That's where you can get them lying to the feds. If the feds can prove this was something that was stolen, then yes, we got a ball game here. The feds can go after them. But if it's just leaking something out, that's not a crime. So for those who are really wanting some sort of demonstrative justice on the leaker, it kind of depends on what they charge this person with. Just leaking something that's not confidential is not a crime. But if somebody lies to the feds or if they find out this was stolen from somebody's office, the feds can charge them with something. And now it's a federal crime. Man, so what you're saying is basically the time-worn adage of the cover-up would be worse than the actual crime in this. Yes, 100%. Whoever did this, if they just come out and say, yep, it was me, number one, you kiss goodbye to your legal career, but number two, you say hello to a book deal, you say hello to a show on MSNBC or CNN, and you make more money than <laughs> ever imagined. If that is the way the world works, is it not? You become somebody. Right, right. This is going to be the best thing that ever happened to this person. And what does that say about us? Somebody that compromises the Supreme Court and possibly puts the justices' lives and families' lives at some sort of risk is going to get rewarded with a six-figure book deal and TV appearances and possibly a show. Let, let me ask you this. Um, I, people may say you're being overly dramatic when you say wife, kids, family of justices are in jeopardy, but those people would be uninformed because we've seen the, the number one issue, I think, that makes people extreme, do, commit extreme behavior is the abortion issue across the country. We've seen that over the years, have we not? We have. And here's what I don't understand. These people protesting, okay, I get it. You have the right to protest. Uh, with the exception of maybe Portland, 
all the protests I've seen so far have been pretty peaceful. It's been a far cry from the summer of love of 2020. In my city, in our city of Indianapolis, on Monument Circle yesterday, the signature spot probably for the state of Indiana, we probably saw about 200, 300 people, both sides, pro-choice, pro-life, protesting. There was chanting. It got spirited, but nothing was violent. That's fine. But I guess I just don't understand, what are you protesting for right now? Nothing has changed right now. If you're lobbying for your state to do something, it's not their call right now. This is all about the justices in Washington, D.C. Now, if they come out and they say, hey, we've got uh, a decision. This is what it's going to be. And for argument's sake, let's say that they go along with the concept that Roe versus Wade is going to be overturned and it comes down to states' issues. Then I understand protesting at the state level, but I just don't understand what they're looking to accomplish right now. Uh, you're not Jeffrey tubing us, are you? Tubing us, are you? Because it looks like your video just went out on the iPhone. So you're not. Uh oh. You're not going CNN's Jeffrey tubing. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, he, yeah he's I back. I don't know. You know, maybe these are my hands. I've got hey, pants on. Uh, I'm not Jeffrey tubing. <laughs> I've got pants on. I'm not out of breath. There's no sweat coming down from this head right now. We're all good. <laughs> hey. Uh, couple of other things before I let you go. Uh, you got any bets for us? Yes. Let's talk about something fun, right? God, abortion is wearing me out, man. It's just one of those discussions that everybody has to have right now, but it's just, wow, it sucks the life out of so many people because nobody's going to change their mind, Yeah. right? No one is going to change their mind <laughs> on where they stand right. So, yes, absolutely. Let's talk about making some damn money today. I got three bets for you today. Now, as you know, I'm not a parlay guy. I'm making these bets individually. Um, we're going to start with the 135 first pitch today, the Angels at Boston. We've got Otani on the mound for the Angels, uh, Rich Hill on the mound for Boston. Now, Otani's been pretty solid. He's only had one bad outing, and that's caused his ERA to be kind of inflated. Just one bad outing, Otani's going to be fine. Has one of the highest strikeout rates in baseball. Rich Hill on the other side with Boston. He's only going to give you four to five innings because what the Red Sox do with him is they take him out before he gets to that third trip around the batting order. The batting average against Rich Hill when he sees you for the third time is up in the clouds. So for that very reason, I'm going to hitch my wagon to the Angels here. I'm going to lay one run. Uh, you can go money line. I think the line is one and a half. I don't like the hook. I never liked the hook in baseball, so I'm taking it down to one. I'll lay one with the Angels because I think they have a better bullpen, and I have more faith that Otani is going to get deeper into the game than Rich Hill does. So that's number one. Nice. I like everything about it. I like. I, I do not like soft-tossing lefties. Rich Hill is a soft-tossing lefty. I hope that the Angels jump on him early. I hope Otani gets at least to the sixth. Our toes will be tapping. I'm taking that one, but I'm taking it on the money line because I hate giving runs in baseball. It makes me crazy. But if I do, I'm going one. What else you got, big boy? So we're going to go to Milwaukee. Milwaukee today. The Reds and the Brewers. Now, oh. this is a hot take for me, okay? Get ready. Put your big boy pants on. The Reds stink. Boy, are the Cincinnati Reds bad. 
and I know this Hunter Green kid's got a lot of people talking, and he throws it over 100 miles an hour, but he's also got an ERA over six. Um, this is the final game of the series. It's a getaway day for the Reds. They're on the road, and I always look for getaway teams on the road. They're just ready to get the hell out of town, and the Reds are going to take their tail between their legs with them. I'm going to lay the one here. The line's at one and a half. I don't like the hook. I don't want to do money line. I want to get a little bit more juice. Cincinnati stinks. Let's go brew crew to finish off the sweep here today. <laughs> Reds are three and 21. Three and uh, 21. They lost 18 to four last. They lost 18 to four last they night. I'm taking that. Two. Was that an afternoon game? I uh, no, I believe that. I, I don't know what time it is, but. The Reds were two and two at one point. They were undefeated after opening day, beating the Atlanta Braves. And now they're three and 22. Wow. So brew crew for the sweep. Wow. And the last play that I've got here for you, coach. Um, evening game one of a series. We got Toronto at Cleveland. Um, I like the Jays in this one. Run line is one and a half. I want a little bit more juice, but I don't want the hook. I'll take that down to one. Uh, Cleveland starter in this game. Uh, it's a kid that had a lot of promise a year ago, but he's 0-2 this year with an ERA over 10. And if you're struggling and have an ERA over 10, the last team or one of the last teams you want to see coming into your ballpark is the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, Blue Jays trying to bounce back, had kind of an ugly series against the Yankees. I think it's the first series that they've lost this year. I think they bounced back. This is the right spot. I got the Jays over the artist formerly known as the Cleveland Indians today. Yeah, well, uh, you can't say Indians. What are you doing? You're not so allowed. So when I watch the movie Major not League, Indian. is it going to be like Star Wars where they have to like do some computer graphic <laughs> yes. stuff there at the end and change Ricky Vaughn's jersey to say Guardians? Is that what's supposed to happen now? Yes, that's what it has to, or else there are going to be people that are going to be offended, and God forbid that anybody get offended. Yes, you must refer <laughs> to them as the guardians. I mean, come on. You know this, don't you? <laughs> That's it, man. Again, I'm not a parlay guy, but if you were a parlay guy, those three bets, 20 bucks, pays out around 100 uh, by the way, the Reds are playing at 140 today. Here's why I ask, because frankly, uh, I like betting afternoon baseball during my show. It's a nice distraction for me having to talk, if that makes any sense. <laughs> and uh, the game you're talking about, Toronto and Cleveland, is at 610. So, hell, by 10 o'clock, uh, we could be fat. Er. Yes. How about, hey, yeah, how's your diet going? Last thing before here. I let you go. How How's your diet? Man, we're doing good. I'm still a big fat ass, but I'm down about 30 pounds from January. Um, January 1st, I looked at myself on television doing these hits, and I thought, sweet mother of God, you look like Brian Stelter with more hair. Um, and the fact that I've satisfied a woman. Other than that, I was Brian Stelter, and I decided I wanted to lose some weight. Had to lose some weight. So we're down about 35, 30 pounds right now. The goal is to lose 50, and uh, we're rolling, Coach. Uh, congratulations. You have discipline. I have none. I just went on a <laughs> uh, s'mores without the Hershey bar 
gamut last night with my wife out of town, so I got nothing. I'm looking at myself right now all blue. I look like a freaking blackboard that you write on. The whole thing is just massive. Hammer time, you're the best, man. Three to seven every day on 93.1 right here in Indy. Go, go listen. WIBC.com, baby. You're the best, my friend. Thanks for everything. Thank you for having me. He's the best. I'm telling you, it's fun to listen. Really, really fun to listen, whether it's every day on his radio show, whether it's on television, whether it's All Indiana Bets, the TV show that he does during the football and basketball seasons. Terrific. Terrific. And a great dude. Great, great dude. Uh, I got the Don't At Me Awards. Damn awards. Don't D at A me me M me. Don't at me awards coming up. And then apparently, I don't know, I think maybe my, uh, my crack staff has something for me coming up around 1030. So we're just sitting here having a nice time. Tell your friends, put it out on Twitter. It is the, well, the greatest show in the history of the world. It is Don't At Me. We will be right back. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. everybody welcome it is our number two of don't at me spirited our number one we got after some things and that's kind of what we do here don't at me is the name of the show so once a week we give away the don't at me awards aka the damn awards i didn't say dan i said damn all right first award the welcome back Welcome back, Victor Oladipo. Welcome back. Victor Oladipo was on his way to being a superstar. Victor Oladipo was traded from Oklahoma City along with DeMonte Sabonis for Paul George. And next thing you know, comes Indianapolis, basically where he played college basketball. He played at IU and became a star, became an all-star, led the team to a spirited, I'm going to use that word a lot today, a series a couple different times against LeBron James. Now, Victor Oladipo then had a horrific injury that he came back from. And then, like most guys in the NBA, Victor Oladipo started feeling himself. He's a star. Indy's too small. I want to get out of here. So the Pacers ship him off. He stays hurt. Then eventually, he ends up in Miami where he languishes on the bench, doesn't really play, not really a part of the rotation. Well, guess what? Victor Oladipo is back. And oh, by the way, my wife, the lovely Lee Ross, just brought down a cup of coffee unsolicited. How great is that? She got home at 3.30 in the morning after a 10-hour drive from Ithaca watching Harvard softball. This is the woman I married. I'm smart. Do what Dan does. I get a Dan Award for just being a genius. And let me show you if I can. She put foam. See the foam? Yeah, we got a little foam maker here. What a show. 
Welcome back, Victor Oladipo. I always liked Victor Oladipo. I got tired of Victor Oladipo when he was here in Indy trying to be a big guy. He Paul George'd us, which is fine. But last night, you know, Victor Oladipo has basically supplanted the minutes of Duncan Robinson, which makes me sad. Two guys, Duncan I really like. Duncan's like family. He and my, my son roomed together in college. Uh, Oladipo, because he played at Indiana and always been a nice guy, but Oladipo last night made six baskets, three threes, four free throws, had 19 points, six rebounds. Victor Oladipo played really, really well last night. I'm glad to see it. I like when guys overcome injuries. I like when guys sack the living hell up. So uh, very, we should give plaques and send them to the team. A very prestigious award, the Don't At Me Award for Welcome Back, Victor Oladipo. <sighs> stop it, stupid. The Stop It Stupid Award. A lot of guys could get the Stop It Stupid Award. And I don't think this guy's stupid at all. I think Draymond Green's a genius. In fact, uh, early in my broadcast career, when working for uh, ESPN, I would interview players after games, and I hated it. There's nothing, and to this day, there's nothing I despise more in broadcasting than after the game having to go out on the court and interview a player. I don't mind a coach, but I couldn't stand a player because most players are hard to talk to, not Draymond Green. Draymond Green is a veritable genius. Draymond Green is one of those guys that imposes his will on people. Like, if he wants to get it done it gets done, and when he wants to get it done, he's loud about it. I love that. I remember going out to Portland or wherever, the Spokane, Washington. Michigan State against Gonzaga. I can't tell you who won the game. I can't remember. But I can tell you this. Draymond Green went into the kennel, I think they call it, out in Washington or out at Spokane, and I mean he dominated the action. And I'm not talking about just dominated by how he played. I don't know what his numbers were, and it didn't matter. But I know this. He was energized. He was loud. He was combative with the crowd. But you got to stop it when you're in the NFL, NBA. You got to stop it when you got a chance to be one of the all-timers. You just do. You can't be flip, flip, flipping off fan bases. Now, you can do whatever you want, so I misspoke right there. But the truth of the matter is you got to be above that when you're one of the greats. And Draymond Green, make no mistake, is one of the greats. I know Charles Barkley talks about bus riders and bus drivers. You know, hey, look, I think Draymond Green's a combination of both. I do. I think without Steph Curry, Draymond Green's a, as a bus driver isn't great. But I think uh, Steph Curry without Draymond Green as one of the bus riders slash drivers isn't great. I really believe that. Like, I think sometimes we disparage guys for how they would be on another team. When the team that they're on picked them for a reason, wins championships for a reason, and one of those reasons is Draymond Green. But I believe this. I think Draymond Green's personality, I know he tries to be this badass. I know he tries to be this tough Dennis Rodman type character, but he's not. He's a really good guy. He's a really fun guy to be around. He's a really energetic guy. He is a tough guy, don't get me wrong. But his personality leans more towards Magic Johnson than it does towards anybody that, you know, Maurice Lucas, for those of you guys that are old, uh, Bill Lane Beer, for those of you that are in the middle, and really nobody right now, maybe one of the Morris twins, I don't know. 
He's a great player. But stop it. Stop with the flipping people off. Just don't do it. Because Here's why I say it. Because once you do it once, it's like everything else that you do that isn't great for you. You have a tendency when you get away with it to do it again. I hate to see it become that. I hate to see Draymond Green's excellence, enthusiasm as a basketball player be lessened because of antics. And it's starting to head that way, and I want to see it for him. If I were one of his advisors, that's what I would say. Now, is he going to listen to me? I would imagine not. But all right. I mean, what the hell? Uh, I mentioned this earlier. I'll mention it again. I would absolutely play with the award for I hate to play with him goes to James Harden. I mean, I would hate, and that's one of the reasons. See that picture right there? James Harden has become, he has supplanted LeBron James with that. James Harden doesn't know how bad he is to play with. James Harden doesn't understand how ridiculous he is on the basketball court. Everything that goes wrong, whether it's James Harden's fault or not, gets met with that right there, that picture. Referees players. He's impossible to play with. If you had a nickel for every time he dribbled the ball in a game, you would never have to play a second game. Bad shots. Too slow. Players don't know when they're getting the ball. Yes, I know he has numbers, and that's what a lot of you fools look at. Michael Grady, I said this yesterday of the Yes Network. If you want to look it up, go back to the archives of my radio show the last week when Michael Grady talked about how basically chicken blank James Harden is when it gets tough. And actually, it wasn't basically. And you know what happens with that? Players know. Players know when you're playing with a fraud. Media doesn't know because media wants access. And if you write an article on James Harden, it'll get read. We all understand that. But players know. And you cannot tell me. You can't tell me today, tomorrow, or the next day that James Harden's teammates have anything but the utmost disrespect for him. It's never his fault. He never involves anybody. He over dribbles and blames. That's a formula for having players on your team, not publicly because he's making the most money, but privately saying, this guy's ridiculous. Remember when Embiid called him out even before the series said, look, I'm not the coach, but this guy got to get going. Well, he wasn't wrong. My problem is I don't think James Harden is capable of getting going. I don't think he's capable. I don't think he was capable when he was, quote, leading the league in scoring and, quote, great. I think he was capable then. I thought he was a pain in the backside to watch and got to be even worse to play with. And what James Harden does is not only... In sports, you have somebody like that that you work with that you're like, man, I just don't respect the person. I do. It's not that you don't like them. It's just that I don't respect you. How could you respect this? Um, This is a regional thing. And I talked about this earlier in the show. The shut up and just play award goes to many teams and many players right? Just shut up and play. How many times have you said that to your kid? Just shut up and play. Honest to God, can you just shut up and play? 
The Colts, in the regime of Chris Ballard, have won nothing. Six years now. They play in the weakest division in football, the AFC South. It's a division that last year had the worst team in football, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who, oh, by the way, beat the Colts on the last game of the season to keep the Colts out of the playoff. But here's the deal. All they do is talk. I mean, when I say talk, and it's not just them. I'll give you an example. Today, today there is an article. It talks about Chris Ballard, and it's on Mike Florio's Pro Football Talk site. Chris Ballard still searching for long-term answer at quarterback. And this is how Chris Ballard was introduced. The man who's been getting it done for the Indianapolis Colts. Do you know what getting it done for the Indianapolis Colts is? Getting it done for the Indianapolis Colts in the Chris Ballard era is 42 and 42. Yes, they lost Andrew Luck. And yes, that set him back. But this is year six. This is year six. I mean, the epic failures. Last year, the Colts decided because they are all about relationships They weren't going to do OTAs. We're going to kiss the backside of players. Oh, man, that's great. Well, what happened? Of course you know what happened. Kindness is weakness to players. Players ended up, at the end of the day, not giving a rats, losing to Oakland, losing to to, uh, the worst team ever in Jacksonville, and then... And then came out doing one thing, talking. Let me give you a little Darius Leonard. Leonard said it was, he wasn't in his, the right mindset to lead the way he needed to last year. Really? You cashed the $19 million. Really? And Colts media, George Bremer, called it brave. Really? Oh, okay. All right. That, that's cool. He said, Leonard did, I had to stay away from football for two months. And I had to work on me. Yeah? Okay. Leonard said, I fell out of love with the game. Lots of off-field issues, including injuries, family illness. He wasn't himself. Wasn't the smiling, energetic guy. Okay. All right. Okay. Like, everybody's going to go to work today, except you millennials who don't want to work, but most of us adults, we're going to go to work today. We got divorces pending. We got problems with kids. We got substance abuse. We got all kinds of stuff going on in our life. But we don't sit here and talk. Reggie Wayne, who is a first-year coach, says, it makes me want to throw up how much Matt Ryan reminds me of Peyton Manning. The Colts just talk. The Colts just talk. They're the best team in America in the postseason, according to everyone. How about you just shut up and win something? How about you just stop whining? 
See, we have here in Indianapolis, we've got the Athletic that has two riders, three riders, Kravitz and Holder, uh, and some kid named Kiefer. We have Mike Wells with the ESPN Colts. We have about five guys at the Indianapolis Star. All, quote, insiders. I told these people last year watching Hard Knocks, yeah, Leonard has wore everybody out. I told him two things. Wore everybody out. And Carson Wentz ain't a leader. People made fun of me. I got Zach Kiefer putting a tweet. I stand by my work. Dockage, go embarrass yourself. Okay. All right. Okay. All I know is we got all these insiders at Indy, and they don't do jack squat. Just shut up and play, man. Even George Bremer, the guy that put all this, it's brave what he said. Yeah, what's brave is getting your ass up and going to work despite all your problems. What's brave is getting your ass up and doing all the things that you're supposed to do as an adult male to provide every day and to honor the company that hired you. That's it. That's what you're supposed to do. Anything other than that is complete BS. But that's what we do here in Indy, man. That's what we do. Just shut up and play. Indianapolis Colts. Uh, The Why Not Award goes to the Los Angeles Lakers for bringing back, not as a coach, not as a general manager, but as an advisor, why not bring back Phil Jackson? Why not? I mean, what the hell? You might as well. I mean, look, you get you let LeBron have control of the thing, right? You said, hey, Bron A, we're going to give you everything. Remember, they won the uh, NBA championship in the bubble. So now they're looking for a coach. And now they're looking for Phil Jackson. Apparently, though, Phil Jackson had also, also been involved with the hiring of Frank Vogel. Now, all due respect, that didn't work out so good. Uh, that didn't work out great, all right? Apparently, Jackson uh, wants to be involved. He stayed involved. And next thing you know, uh, even as an 11-time championship-winning coach, he is questioned because basically he took the money and ran from the New York Knicks. But if I am, if I am, the Los Angeles Lakers, I'm asking everybody that I can. Like, Rob Palinka looks like a mob boss. Well, looks like Fredo mob boss. What's he know? I think he knows people. He seems to have a good rapport. He is a, I don't know, what is he? He's a agent turned general manager. But I want to have a guy that understands piecing teams together. Piecing teams together is the most important thing you can do. You want to know, and I go back to what I said about Draymond Green, why Draymond Green fits. It's easy. He he does the things that these guys don't do. And why doing the things that these guys don't do, he makes the others better. That's the perfect fit to a team. 
And Phil Jackson might just be the guy that understands pitting a team together. So you're damn right I would ask Phil Jackson. Why not? I mean, when you say Phil Jackson, you know, immediately comes up, well, you know, the Knicks. There's such jealousy in the world. Stop it, stupid. Get Phil Jackson involved and let's go. Period. Hey, did you see what happened? And we talked about it yesterday with Dave Chappelle. Did you see the dude ran on stage? Now there's reports this dude had a replica gun. Let me ask you a question. How do you get a replica gun through security? I mean, don't we all have to go like this, take everything out of our pockets? I mean, how how do you do that? I don't know, but damn. So this guy uh, that jumped all over Dave Chappelle or got on stage ends up getting his ass beat. He ends up getting his backside whomped by who? Busta Rhymes and Jamie Foxx. Now, I got to tell you, Jamie Foxx about that tall. I understand he's probably a badass. The dude's name is Isaiah Lee. He's been booked on a felony. All right? He's got a felony. Isaiah Lee decided it was a good thing to jump on stage with his fake gun, supposedly a fake knife, and go at Dave Chappelle. Wonderful. Well, by all accounts, Busta Rhymes and Jamie Foxx beat the dog out of this guy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all in on that. I just like the name Busta Rhymes. I have no idea what Busta Rhymes sings or sung or song or sing or whatever. And Jamie Foxx, I think, is a terrific act. I like it when stars get whomping on people because somebody needs to whomp on people. They're not a jury in the world that would convict Busta Rhymes and Jamie Foxx of beating this guy, Isaiah, whatever the hell his name is, to a pulp. And then afterwards, yeah, Afterwards, Blackstar and Buster Rhymes performed at a party at the Pendry West Hollywood Hotel. At the Hollywood Bowl before, we had Elon Musk and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Chris Rock, Diddy, Jamie Foxx, Malin Wayans, and Ja Rule all at a party. Yeah! That's the kind of stuff I like. I like it. I want to be involved in something like this. I want to get my name out as someone that busted up somebody, gave him a beatdown on stage at the Hollywood Bowl because they jumped all over, I don't know, name an artist, Kid Rock. Doc Hitch and Ted Nugent take down Intruder on Kid Rock at the Hollywood Bowl or at Clip Center here in Indianapolis. Yeah, that's what I want. I think it's awesome. I do. There's nothing wrong with that. Busta Rhymes, baby. If anybody could name a Busta Rhymes song, uh, I'll say thank you. Because I don't know a Busta Rhymes song. But if you do, uh, I think I better check the YouTube chat. Generally, the YouTube chat will understand Busta Rhymes songs. But it is scary. I mean, let's talk about this for, for a moment. Uh, we understand, I think a lot of us understand that, you know what, man, 
once things like this start happening, they're not slowing down. I'm not going to be surprised at anything you see at a sporting event. I'm not going to be surprised at anything you see at a concert. Uh, DD thought the Will Smith slap was fake. I kind of did. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I did. At first, I kind of did. Do people think that it is a staged, staged social media event? Tony Savas says, do you think Dan knows one Busta Rhymes song? No, I don't, but I'm willing to. I bet you I've heard him. I bet you I've danced to him. You know, I ain't afraid. I ain't afraid. I get out there and shake my money maker. I keep it in tight, yo. And I keep it sexy. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. But anyway, so the guy's been charged with a felony. He's going to go to the can. And you know what? Good for him. Here's the deal. Let me ask you this question. We've all been to comedy shows, right? And comedy shows, one of the reasons I don't go as much as I wish I would was because of the little tables and everybody's so close to you. Like, I, this isn't a COVID thing, but the little tables and everybody's so close to you is like, man, it's, it's not comfortable. But one of the things about comedy shows, mostly that I've been to, I've not been to a massive auditorium for a comedy show. Or maybe I, I did go see Bill Cosby at the IU Auditorium back in the early 80s. But the one thing that I would say is, um, I don't know, man. The intimacy of the venue can lead to some serious problems. And that's something that comedians are looking at. Uh, I'm afraid to say Sage steals burner. Okay. Hey, Dan, be careful dancing. You'll end up pregnant. True that. We honor Chicago today. A lot of you have asked me, why do all your coffee mugs have uh, cities on them? I've told you this before, and I'll tell you again. When Lee and I go to a different place, we buy a Starbucks coffee mug. Yeah, okay, it's cheesy, but don't at me. Don't at me. Uh, I like doing it. Everywhere we go. So we got, a, we got a big closet full over there. Derek Jackson says, hey, Dan, a Busta Rhymes song name is Put Your Hands Where My Eyes Can't See. Yeah, baby. That's also the Jeffrey Tubin slogan. Uh, last thing before we go to break, I think you're going to like this next segment. I think. I do. I think you're going to like it. But before we go to break, a couple of things. Number one, uh, the NHL hockey playoffs are going on, and I'm going to get into it next week. A lot of you have been asking me. Here's my thought on it. The Blackhawks aren't in so I'm not happy. The Golden Knights aren't in, so I'm not happy. My brother had tickets to go to Golden Knights games. Now they're not even in the playoffs. Uh, so I shifted my allegiance to the Florida Panthers. Now, I don't know how much you follow hockey, but the Florida Panthers basically did what the Rams did. They were the best team in the NHL. They went out in midseason and got a couple different players that are supposed to put them over the top. First game of the playoffs, they're up 2-1 to one going into the third period. I literally went and took a shower, came back, had the game on, and you know what happened? They were already down 3-2 to two and they lost the opener, which means bet on them next time they play. Period. Bet on them next time they play. I'm not going to lie to you. 
I'm a Florida Panthers fan because of my friend Brendan Cook. He has sold me on him. All right? I am a Chicago Blackhawks fan because growing up, I watched anything sports because I was a scared kid. I thought somebody was always going to break into our house. Listen, don't at me. When somebody throws a Molotov cocktail at your house like they did to mine, you stay scared for a long, long time and started my house on fire. You stayed scared. So I watched all kinds of sports, including the Blackhawks, when they were on. They're not in the playoffs. They went from winning championships to all kinds of problems. You guys like that, huh? Eric Barnes, Dan Dockich, and Ted Nugent take down an intruder on Kid Rock. That's my goal. Yeah, it is. Busta Rhymes! That's what I want to do. All right, when we come back, my boys, my boys got a little something I'm hearing. I'm not sure what it is. I'm not 100% positive what it is. But I think my boys got a little something. And you can tell I'm excited about it because all of a sudden I started screaming. I'm going to have a coffee for just a minute, and then we're going to come back. Let me see. Uh, Dan, I want to see Hammer Time twerking. The hockey's been great. I'd like to see you and Kaharski busting a move together. I ain't afraid. I ain't afraid. Hey, Dan, Bill Cosby, I wondered who would go see that chump. That way, you want me to tell you is on my recruiting trip to IU. I don't know, Ed. I understand. Everything's bad in Ed world. Uh, yeah. You're only your mom's on Friday, Ed. Hey, Dan, nice coffee mug. Thank you. There you go. The YouTube chat is popping. We'll be back. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. My boys apparently put together something that we are referring to as STFU dockets. I haven't seen these, so they're going to be put up on the screen, and you're going to get my reaction, I guess. Let's see what we got here, big boy. All right. I'm not saying it's the end of the world, but for God's sake, put on a hat. Hey, I'm follically challenged. You guys were mad at me when I did the comb over, and now I went like this. Get out of here, JWM Braves Mathis. Stop it, stupid. It's a good look. My wife loves it. In fact, my wife said, hey, the other way doesn't look any better either, so. <laughs> I'm putting on a hat. I like this. I like this head. Come on. <laughs> what do you got next? <laughs> Ben Shapiro, ben Shapiro, I feel like I could have a few laughs either at him or with him, but I would be simply miserable with Dan Dockage. Man, that's not true. I'll tell you right now. You ask anybody that's ever worked with me, anybody that's ever been on the road with me at ESPN, their favorite person to work with, 
What has two thumbs and is the favorite person at ESPN to work with? This guy. Why? Because I buy. And because I make fun of everything and we laugh. Nights before games with me and Tarico and Allison Williams and Bart Fox and Scott Johnson are still talked about. Now, oh, and <laughs> he's got to be a Michigan State fan, too. He's a Michigan State fan. He's full of shit. I mean, get out of here with that. You'd have such a good time, you miserable little prick. What's next? Ben Shapiro and me would be a really good time, by the way. It'd be a great time. Dan, you are the ugliest MFer I have ever seen, and your voice sucks. Have you ended a land of the job using your voice, and using your looks, and voice is crazy? F you. That look at Big Fish. Have I ever landed a job because of my looks? Yeah, this one. Yeah. Why are guys always worried about what other guys look like? And this guy's a guy. I can tell by the way he writes. My voice is awesome. It's these demondozers right from South Chicago. Don't at me, big fish. Big fish, you got one of my... No, I've never... Yeah, I landed this job using my voice and using my looks. Let this wash over you. Look, if I had a nickel for every time a woman stopped on the street and said, my, you're handsome, I would not have a nickel. (laughs) Big fish, don't worry about how I look. Would you say that to a woman? No. Pig. Chauvinist. The little thumbnail of Dan Dockett's Avi actually looks like someone photoshopped the sunglasses emoji on a penis. I can't argue that. I can't argue that. I'm sorry, I can't argue that. Melvin Izzo III, I'm sorry, I can't argue that. I've I've seen it and I agree. (laughs) It does. But as my wife said, the other way didn't look any better. Look, I used to swoosh it to the side, lacquer it down, put some dust all in it, and had a big catcher's mitt back here. God gave me so much. He gave me brains. A great sense of humor, unbelievable physical ability, but he didn't give me hair. I can't argue this. It looks like a penis. It does. Afternoon is upon us. Don't forget that Dan Dockich is the worst human being on the planet and a total jackass. He eats his own kidney stones. Go fuck yourself. How about that? At Johnny Sins, Ph.D. You got a Ph.D. in being a pussy. That's what your Ph.D. is. Shut up. This guy's always on my ass. I recognize that name. Go blank yourself. Probably not supposed to swear here. They can't monetize it if I swear. But that's what he should do. Just do something that is anatomically impossible. Like if they say guys can get pregnant, then a guy like Johnny can go F himself. And I know he can't go F himself with his own thing. I know he's got to use something plastic. But Johnny, go F yourself. (laughs) Seriously. All right, let's see what Elon Musk is saying. What's Elon Musk got to say? I don't know. Seems kind of fungible. Fungible. You know what fungible means? I looked this up. I wrote it down somewhere. 
Fungible means like interchangeable. Because I, I, I did, I looked this up somewhere. The ability to replace with something identical. Now, I don't know what he was referring to there, but I just like the fact that Elon Musk is tweeting. I do. I don't know. I don't know. That's how I talk. I don't know. Seems like something fungible. Fungible? What else is Elon saying? Ultimately, the downfall of the Freemasons was giving away their stone-cutting services for nothing. That's true. Do you know what the Freemasons are? They're like a group of oligarchy. The Freemasons are like, you know, the ruling class. They're like, I don't know, look them up. I watched a, I watched a uh, Netflix or one of those, maybe it was Apple TV, show on the Freemasons. It's not like, you think the Freemasons are exactly what he's saying there. That's actually a very funny uh, tweet. But the Freemasons are like, I don't know, some kind of oligarchy. They got symbols. They got all kind of stuff. Freemasons are some interesting cats. I'm not going to say they're good or bad because I really don't know. But they're different. A member of an, a Freemason is a member of an international order established for mutual help and fellowship, which holds elaborate secret ceremonies. See, it's a men-only group, which I support. You can have women-only groups, and I'll support those too. It's a men-only group. Uh, they have, it's like a fraternity. I'm reading this here. Often devoted to fellowship, moral discipline, and mutual assistance. They've got all kind of rituals that are involved. I don't know. It evolved from the guilds of stonemasons and cathedral builders from the Middle East. So actually, Musk is right. The Freemasons gave up this. The Freemasons said, hey, we ain't cutting stone no more. We're transferring funds. That's right. So I'm all in on it. I'm definitely all in on it. Why are people mean? I am a content machine. What are we going to next? All right. Freemasons. Hey, let me go back to that guy. Hey, can you put the tweet on that says I'm the worst human being alive? Is it possible for that to be put back up? I don't think I'm the worst human being alive. One of the things that I do is I give you divisions in worst human beings. Worst human being and a total jackass. See, I always look at people's things, right? And things. <laughs> I always look at people's Twitter handles. Well, I don't always, and it got me in trouble one time. But I look at people's Twitter handles one time, uh, sometimes, and I go, all right, what are these guys about? I'm sure I blocked this clown. But anyway, what are these guys about? And what these guys are about is always rooting for Michigan State. No, I'm serious. Every time somebody goes like that, they always are Michigan State fans. I'll bet you anything. Johnny Sins, Ph.D., is a Michigan State fan. I'm telling you. People say, well, how do you know? Well, you just look it up and then you go through. Or, or they're a crazy-ass liberal on Twitter. Tell me I'm wrong right now. I am not wrong. It is always the same thing. When you look them up 
It is always the same. They are liberal crazy people or they are people with like no followers and they just, you know, they talk. So Johnny Sins, here he is. All right, this clown. He's really inconsequential. But yeah, he's just one of these guys that has an account and we've given him more publicity than he deserves. But I saw that guy and I don't eat my own kidney stones. I've never had kidney stones. And as to the worst human being alive, I take offense. And this gets me out of all my trouble right now. You ready? We have a bikes program in Indianapolis. Our goal is to give away, give away 500 bikes to kids. Last year, we gave away, gave away 330 bikes. In fact, I am sending this tweet to Ryan and Dylan right now so that they could put it up where you can donate. And donating is really easy. You just go to indianasportscorp.org. And then across the tab, it says uh, use sports or inspire sports. Hit that button. Look down. There I am. We don't take bikes. We get bikes from Dick's. We get helmets and we get locks. Last year, we gave 30, 330 bikes. Tony Dungy, Anthony Calhoun, a bunch of different local folks, Dungy being a national folk, have been involved. And what we do then is through the Indiana Sports Corp, which is the basically the people that bring the Colts, or not, not bring the Colts, bring the Super Bowl. They bring the Final Four, the women's Final Four, all that stuff. Um, they're the ones that have the relationship with Dick's. So we use them through a link where you can donate. And guess what? Every dime, all the money goes to bikes for kids. And then the sports corp goes ahead and finds underserved kids in Indianapolis. It can be a school. It can be a youth center. I mean, we have been some places and we have a big day where we give these kids the bikes. And it's one of the best days that there is because kids start crying, kids get emotional, kids can't believe somebody actually cared about them, and it's all because of you. It is strictly donation-based. And to show you what jackasses live here in Indianapolis in the media, Greg Doyle, who's the local columnist, is mad that I advertise this. He, under the guise of boxing me for charity literally tried to embarrass me because I talk about this event. It's incredible the way Indianapolis works, but I don't care. People can bitch, whine, and moan, but we're going to get 500 bikes to kids. Hopefully, hey, can you guys put my tweet up or is that, is that a pain? Okay. Okay, it'll be up and you'll see the link to go to. Docket Cycles for the City at the Indianapolis Sports Corp. I'm very proud of it. Last year, Kelly Clarkson had my wife and I on her show, and guess what? We gave a, she gave us $5,000. We'll take anything. It basically costs 250 bucks because we get a kid a new bike. I'm not going to get a kid, you know, some old junky bike and then worry about whether or not they fall off or the chain breaks. No. Dicks gets the bikes, the helmets, the locks. We put them together. The Sports Corp does. We get trucks. And I go to every event with my wife, as long as it's not during my radio show. And I'm telling you, 
It's the best feeling, and I invite anybody that has donated. I'm going to get you a shirt and all that kind of stuff. But I invite anybody that donates to come out when we give the bikes away and help us, and it's a blast. It is absolutely a blast. And again, I don't care whether or not the folks at the Indy Star don't like me or the folks at the Indy Star, Greg Doyle, want to fight me and, you know, uh, do it for under the guides of charity. I don't care. Doesn't matter to me even a little bit. Seriously. Uh, they can make fun of us. They can say that we talk too much about it. Doesn't matter. I got one goal and one goal only, and that's to get 500 bikes. We basically do two giveaways. One, end of, end of uh, June, as you can imagine, the month of May here in Indianapolis uh, gets kind of busy. And then we do one at Christmas time because, man, oh, man, I don't know about you, but I remember getting my Blue Schwinn bicycle when I was like 10 years old. And I can still remember coming down. And we weren't the wealthiest family. My parents were teachers, but we had more than enough. And that blue bike resonates with me, man. Had the handlebars up here. It had no gears. It had, you know, you had to push backwards to stop the bike for the brakes. We all remember something like that. This thing started by Lee, my wife, and I walking down the street and, or driving down the street and seeing three kids. Two had bikes. One was running with them. We started talking about bikes. I talked about it on my show. We started out of our own pocket giving away bikes. It got tough during the pandemic because, frankly, nobody had bikes. Bikes were sold out everywhere. You could not get a bike. So if you would not mind helping us, man, that'd be awesome. Costs a lot of money. I mean, whatever 500 times 250 is, uh, that's where we're at. But I don't care. We're going to get this done. And yes, my wife and I both give enough for about five bikes. So we ain't mad about it. But we would love to have your help in this endeavor. All right. Let me go through a couple of things to get you through the weekend. The Kentucky Derby is this weekend. Now, I have a friend. His name is Vince Lodel. Vince, the first time he came on my radio show in Indianapolis, I won $8,300. I literally had to fill out, because of his Kentucky Derby bets, I had to fill out a tax form at the Winner's Circle downtown in Indy. True story, I had $6,300 in $100 bills in my pocket. My brother and I had split a $300 bet. That's what we won. Guys across the bar wanted to fight me. And I remember like, Ugh! did I, I mean, some smart ass little frat boys from IU. I walked over. I said, you'll listen to my show tomorrow and you'll find out why I didn't kick both of your asses here. And I walked out because I had $6,300 in my pocket. My brother and I went to my car. We divvied up the money and away we went. The next race, I uh, believe it was the Preakness. We won $1,400 using my man Vince. Vince has been a little cold. We've won different times. That was about three years ago. We've won different times, but not nearly that. Vince will be on my show Friday. If you want to get Vince's picks, go to my Twitter handle. I'll put them out there. Or I can probably email you the picks and it's dan at 1070thefan.com. I want everyone to get fat off the Kentucky Derby because of my friend Vince. I couldn't have him on the show today. He's busy. He's working. He's traveling. 
but I will have him on my noon to three Indianapolis show. And here's the deal on it. I want somebody else to do the work. And Vince studies tape. We own horses with Vince. He, do, he is horse guy. Does he always win? No. In fact, last year, I think if it had gone, one horse got in the way of us hitting for about 10 grand. That's what I like. I like being in the conversation. And I like him doing the work. So as we work through the weekend, remember, tomorrow, I'll let you know the time on Twitter. My man, Vince Lodel, the best horse handicapper that you have no idea who he is. You know what he is? When you watch a game on ESPN, uh, a college basketball or football game, one of the big ones, he does the graphics. He's the smartest dude. He's the best graphics guy at ESPN. So there you go. All right? There you go. That's what I got for you coming up this weekend. Also, this weekend, we got a ton of NBA, and I want you all to win money. All right? I want you all to win money. Don't be surprised, and I'm going to bet it, but I am on a cold streak, the likes of which uh, I have not seen. But don't be surprised if, with Joel Embiid back, Friday at 7 o'clock, don't be surprised if the 76ers don't win. Now, pay attention to whether Joel Embiid comes back. This is kind of how the NBA goes, right? I mean, look, the Boston Celtics came back and beat the living you-know-what out of the Bucs without Marcus Smart. This is how it goes. I'm trying to set us up. The goal this weekend is to win $1,000. Don't also be surprised if the Dallas Mavericks don't win. Both Dallas and Philadelphia are getting a point each at home. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if the Bucs don't absolutely smack, and I mean smack, the Celtics, and that game is Saturday at 3.30. I'm giving you, we're going to win money on the Derby. We're going to win money with the Sixers. We're going to win money with the Mavs, and we're going to win money with the Bucks. but I'm going to do it in order. First bet to make right now is take the Bucks minus three. That's the ding, 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 ding winner. The Bucks minus three on Saturday is going to win you money. If you make no other bet this weekend and you just want to put the full thousand on that one, that one's going to make you money. I don't give a damn whether Marcus Smart plays. I don't give a damn whether Marcus Smart doesn't play. I'm chasing. You know what chasing means in gambling? Chasing means I've been getting my brains beat out and now I've got to bet more money than I want to to get back even. I'm chasing. Here's the key to chasing. You don't bet a million games. In fact, you bet less. You find one you like, and you bet the living you-know-what on it. That's what you do. That game, Milwaukee Bucks, minus three against the Celtics. Next game that I would bet, I would take... It's a tough one, but I would take the Mavs plus one at home. I'd take the Mavs second to the, to the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. I think the Bucks is here. <clears throat> I think the Mavs is here. And over here, I think, is the third one, the Sixers. Why do I think the Sixers is over here? Well, it's Thursday. What time is it? 10.53. It's Thursday at 10.52, actually. All right? I don't know if Embiid's playing. And I know this, if Embiid ain't playing, I'm not touching the game. 
Not even a little. I wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole because I've said it, I've documented it, and I've meant it. I do not like James Harden. No. (laughs) Not only are you going to lose if you bet on the Sixers without Embiid, you're going to have to sit there and root for James Harden to do something. Explain that one to me, Spanky. I tell you what also is in bad business, and it doesn't even matter who they play. Betting against the Cincinnati Reds just might be the way to go. I mean, we're sitting there at 3-22. and 22. After, We're talking about being 1-20. How much money would we have made if we would have bet against them to this point during this 21-game stretch? I'm trying to win you money here. I'm not trying to make friends. The idea is to make moolah, money, cabbage, candy. All right? That's what we're trying to do. So if you're going to make one bet, one bet, one bet, make damn sure you take the Milwaukee Bucks. They're going to win by three. Listen to this. The Heat are 16-0 all-time when leading a best seven series two zip. On the flip side, the 76ers are 0-13 all-time when trailing the best of seven series two zip. Sets up pretty good for the Heat. Sets up really, really good for the Heat. Uh, Before we leave for the day, I want to thank Ryan. I want to thank Dylan. I want to thank everybody, man. Davey, Corey, everybody that helped set up this show. I'm not going to lie to you. I got to go to the bathroom so damn bad that I'm going to end this show in a minute. I hope everybody... (laughs) That's the show. You didn't hear from the dog today, did you? No. Why? Because my wife got home. My wife got home so you didn't have to hear from the dog. Thanks to all of our guests. Thanks to everybody on the YouTube chat that comes out every single day, not only here, but also what 107.5 The Fan. Those of you that haven't watched us or listened to us on 107.5 The Fan, we're right here on YouTube. I got a camera sitting right here. I do. But we're going to be back at it Monday. We're going to pocket $1,000 this weekend. If you go to my Twitter account, at Dan Dockage, you're going to follow it. I'm starting from scratch. I'm starting with nothing. I have lost everything. But because of the Derby, because of the Bucks, we're going to end up up $1,000, period. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I got to go, or there's going to be a serious, serious problem right here in my basement, in this chair, and ain't nobody, nobody wants to see that. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. Keep it right here. Outkick 360, 3 Eastern till 6. You'll love it. Join me at noon, noon to 3, 107.5 The Fan, or on the YouTube channel for 107.5 The Fan, or just search Dan Dockage. Have a great afternoon, Dockage. Out.